Hello, Monetization Nation. Welcome back to another episode with Christoph Trapp. In the last episode, we discussed how to start live streaming. In today's episode, we're going to dive deeper and get specific with six steps we can take to start live streaming. So why is live streaming taking off so much today? Well, first of all, I think, you know, people always look, companies are looking for um, ways to stand out. Um, in theory, it is fairly easy to produce if you think about it. I mean, I can go live, you know, in a couple of minutes if I want to. Um, there's more involved, the more, um, you, you know, the, the pickier you get about what you want your content to be and what your goals are, of course. Um, but all these networks have that functionality, right? I mean, pretty much every major network you can go live on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, I don't I can't think of any others right now, but you know, all the main ones basically allow you to go live. So, um, so I think it's another opportunity to reach people. Why are people tuning in to live streams so much? Why, why are they taking off just, just with not, not what the, is the benefit to me, but what is the benefit for the end user in consuming a live stream? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, either knowledge or entertainment, or sometimes it's just running in the background. Why are people tuning into podcasts? You know, same thing. It's they like the show, it's entertaining, or they're learning something new, um, or it might be a sports podcast. Um, sometimes they just stumble across it, you know, and they're seeing something new, or it's, you know, somebody they want to hear from. So it's, it's the same concept as for any other, um, any other content piece, really. So Give me a rough proportional estimate, like roughly how many listeners do you have per episode on your podcast? And then when you go live and do a live stream, roughly how many people consume the live stream? Are you getting more off the live stream or more off the podcast? I, I think in general, what I found is when companies start a podcast, you know, they get 20 to 60 downloads, maybe if they're lucky, maybe even 10 to 40 right? When they first start because it's a brand new network, but when they also live stream to their, um, to their social channels, they can expect hundreds, maybe even in the thousands of viewers, because number one, they already have the audience. Number two, um, algorithms currently favor live streams on LinkedIn and all those different channels. So I think that's a very, very common kind of metric to look at when you first start um, on all the different channels. And I think, you know, it, it helps you bring, bring back the value of having a podcast type kind of content that you're sharing, because that's really what it is, right? Whether you're going live or not, yeah. it's just a podcast live. And, and a lot of times when I do them, I really just brand them as um, the business. Welcome to another episode of the Business Storytelling Podcast, recording live. I mean, that's really how I brand it, you know? So, um, but yeah, th that's kind of how I would think about it. And especially if you're into the podcast game, your leaders will not be happy with 20 downloads, promise. So I don't care if, I don't care if it's a niche industry even, you know, it's not very many. We can get an exponentially larger number of, of people participating and consuming our content if we, if we do them live as well. Okay. And, and you're saying that is greatly a factor of the platforms are preferencing live. So whether or not the users prefer live 
just the fact that we're doing it live, the platforms are going to promote us more. They do. And even think about Amazon, for example. Amazon is putting live streams on the product pages, right? So even when somebody goes shopping, they might see a live stream. They didn't come to Amazon to watch a live stream, but it happens to be there, right? While they're shopping. And now they tune in and they ask a question or they see what's going on. Same on LinkedIn. I mean, how many people go to LinkedIn and say, oh, I want to watch a live stream. They're on LinkedIn for some whatever reason they're on there for. And now they see a live stream in their feed and they're like, oh, interesting. Um, or, you know, now LinkedIn is doing different things to promote live streams. So for example, when I go live on LinkedIn, on the top of my profile, it shows the live feed. It's super cool. You know, like where the banner is typically, it switches that out and has the live feed of my, my live broadcast. So again, you know, somebody comes to my profile, they might see it. I don't know how many people go there, quite honestly, you know, at, at any given time, hundreds, I suppose. But my point is, these networks are trying to figure out how can they engage people and keep them on those networks. And that's currently one way to do it. If a brand is deciding they want to take their podcast and, and start making it live and do their live stream, what, what should brands be thinking about? What are the, what's the best advice you can give them? And, and what are the biggest mistakes that they need to be avoiding? The biggest mistake, honestly, Forget about perfection. A hundred things can happen. I'll give you an example. When I do a live stream, here's how I produce them. I produce them on my iPad on Switcher Studio. My guests come into Switcher from wherever they're coming from, right? Then Switcher goes to Restream. Then Restream goes to all the different networks. And it's a never, like, you know, there's a lot of dominoes that, can, that have to fall. So keep that in mind. Something will go wrong. And you just kind of have to roll with it. You have to kind of figure out your workflow. And I think that's the biggest mistake that, that a lot of people, we want to be perfect. And in this world, it's so hard to be perfect, if not impossible. So you just kind of have to roll with it, you know, and, um, and, and go with the flow. Something isn't working. You just go, oh, hey, are you, are you gone? Are you frozen? Whatever. Like nobody cares. You know, my dog, I don't even have a dog, but if I had a dog, my dog walks through, you know, nobody cares anymore. Like it's not a big deal. So just kind of be human um, and, and keep that in mind. I think that would probably be my biggest advice other than all the technical things. How do you start? Um, should you look at the camera? Should you look at the person? Where do you put your mic? Those kind of things. Okay. So I'm hosting a live cast. I've, I'm finally doing it. Took the leap. Uh, what advice do you have for me on, on hosting that, you know, questions about interviewing or, or preparing for the interviews or, um, you know, how do I keep it fun and entertaining those kinds of things. So I'm a big believer in that. I'm just not here to interview people as the host, right? I want to have a conversation. And sometimes that's very different because some guests, they think they're just the, I'm just the interviewer, right? But I want to have a chat. And like, even when you listen to Neil Schaefer or like, um, the Nerd Brand podcast, where it's three hosts and they all have a conversation, you know, think of it that way. How are you going to have an interesting conversation? Conversation. How are you going to ask questions when it makes sense? How do you share your own stories? And here's the other thing. When you start sharing stories, again, now we're talking about failure again to an extent. Sometimes people will disagree with your stories. I had a lawyer on my show once and I said, here's what I do when it comes to permission on podcasts. And he said, uh, might be fine, but you're not a lawyer. Here's how I would recommend to do it. 
And so I'm like, okay, interesting, you know, cool, good to know. So like, it's okay to not always agree. It's okay to, you know, don't be a jerk, but, um, you know, to have a good conversation. And I think um, that can be hard sometimes because, you know, very few of us are trained in, in, you know, feeling okay when we're not right. You know, we won't be like, oh yeah. Oh, Nathan, I agree with you. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like no, very few people say, that was a great debate. Like, oh my goodness, we didn't agree on some stuff and that was fun. Um, so it's just something to think about. Where do you find that right balance and that fine line? I'm looking through through the chapter in your book, this going live book about making live streams easier. Mm -hmm. uh, what advice do you have about simplifying this process and, and making it a little easier? Well, first of all, you need to do a test run. And you know how you test a live stream? You go live. I mean, seriously, you just go, you just do a test live stream. And I did one the other day, had more viewers than the actual live streams, you know? So it's interesting because, um, and we were just hanging out. We were like, oh, cool. This is working. That's working. Okay. Are we there? Yep. 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 Cool. And then people were like, yep, it's working on Twitter. Yep. It's working on YouTube. Yep. Yep. It's working on wherever, you know? So, so something to keep in mind, test it, try things, just do it. I mean, it's really the only way to be successful. And here's the thing. My first few podcast episodes were horrible. My first few live stream episodes were horrible. It's okay. You know, we all grow as, as we move forward. The first real talk, the customer insight show that we did, we didn't even have the opening music, you know, like it was just me on voiceover live, you know, talking, having the intro. So just kind of evolve as you're going, get better as you're going. And I think that's hard for some people uh, because they want to start, they want to start on day 400 or 800 of, of somebody who's done it for a while, right? And not start on day one. Okay. Guests or no guests? It's a fantastic question. And as you can see in the book, there's a whole section in it. Um, I do both kinds. I do with guests and I also do just solo ones. Um, some of my highest performing podcast episodes actually have been just me talking um, and then also about certain topics. And then also some of the guest ones are certainly up there as well. Um, I find them much easier when you have a guest because you have a conversation. You can play off each other. I mean, think about it this way. How, how much harder would it be for you to, to do an hour show by yourself? A lot harder, right? Like yeah. you don't just ask questions. You have to have the questions and the answers. So, and, you, and, and then your own stories, right? And there's no other stories. And the other thing is, as we're talking, right, we get ideas based on what the other person says too, so I think it's there's a uh, it's more fun when you have a guest, and also when you have good guests, you know it's also there's some networking involved. Uh, people now know you. Of course, everybody has their opinions anyways, so we might as well get used to it. And people people will have that as well um, when you invite them in your lectures. But I've I've met all kinds of awesome people I've never met in person. You know, I had Seth Godin on my podcast, uh, Scott Brinker, Barry Schwartz, Christina Potner, all kinds of people. You know. And it's just, it's also a great networking tool um, by just inviting people on your show. How'd you get Seth Godin on? That was I hard. emailed him and said, Seth, you want to come on my podcast? And that's Seth says, awesome. Yeah, when? How many listeners do you have to your podcast? So it all, de it all depends. But I mean, I've had shows, you know, 40,000 downloads. 
I think overall the current number might be quarter million, just shy of that total downloads. So it it all depends. I haven't actually done the math recently for um, for an episode overall. Um, it ha- I bet it's in the thousands. I don't I don't know. Yeah. But well, congratulations. That's that's yeah, amazing. Um, headphones or no headphones? Oh, that's a good question. So I just use um, the computer speakers um, and that works for me. Now, if you're asking if you should monitor your own audio while you're on the pot on the live stream, that's a different question. I don't know if that's what you're asking, but I'll answer that one. I would not. I've tried that before. It's horrible. You know what I'm talking about? Like you can hear yourself talk. That is it's just, I, I literally just got a headache just like thinking about it. Um, so I wouldn't do that. I would monitor like the little sound bars, you know, like make sure the sound is working. I can't do that right here. And so I'm trusting uh, Nathan that it's working on his end. But if I'm doing a show and I don't hear myself, I, I'm looking at the sound bars so I can see them in Switcher, for example. And of course I hear my guests so I can tell whether that's coming through. Um, and I don't know why else you would need headphones. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend them for audio monitoring unless you're the producer, then, then it's a good idea. And you're not on air. Yeah. What have been the most effective ways to repurpose content? I really think all these platforms make it super easy for you. I'll give you an example. So when I do a live stream, I do switcher to restream. I already mentioned that. And then both of those platforms actually save the video. So the easiest way a lot of times is what I do is I, I'm on my iPad. I take the video, push it into Google Drive, and then take it from there. Like that's almost automatic. Not quite, but as close as you can get without being automatic. And then I grab it and I push it into Anchor. Anchor automatically, anchor.fm, they automatically now extract the audio. So I used to have to go through another service to get the audio. And on Restream, you can actually download the audio only, which I I could do too. That might be easier. I don't know. But Anchor extracts the audio, and then the audio is right there in Anchor, and I can edit it. So I usually edit out the beginning. Sometimes, you know, we have chit-chat that has no value to a podcast audience at all. I edit that out pretty quickly, or, you know, then I, I go through the whole show. But it's super easy, and and I've realized how it has evolved because I had a guest on a show and he said, can I record this? I'm like, yeah, sure you can. But if you want the video, I'll send it to you when we're done. And he goes, yeah, it's just going to take too much time. I'm like, we're going to be down at nine o'clock and I'm literally going to send it to you at nine or three, because I will just give you access to that same Google drive file that I'm going to use to move it into anchor. So like, but I know where he's coming from because 15 years ago, he would have never gotten the video that quickly. Yeah, that's right. Okay, what do you recommend is the best way to engage with the audience while you're doing your live stream? That's an interesting question. First of all, don't have don't have too high of expectations to get any kind of um, comments from the audience. But all these networks, um, you know, they do allow you to show the comments on screen. So what I do is when I get comments, I show them on the screen. For example, if I'm in Restream or Switcher too, I you know I show them. And then I respond to them, you know, I'm just like they're on, on air. And sometimes I say, oh, I don't know what that means. Can you clarify, you know, or whatever. But I do mention them. I say, Amanda Milligan, by the way, who has the cashing in on content marketing podcast, 
her, here's her question. So I, so I reference them so I can use them on the live and the podcast if it makes sense, right? And a lot of times it does make sense because they're asking a question about um, what you're talking about. Some people, Ross Brandt has a gazillion people on his live stream and he says hi to all kinds of people. He's like, oh, hi, 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 hi. And he says their name, which I don't know if that has value on the podcast for people just listening, but it's kind of on the, on the, on the live stream for people just listening, but it's kind of nice. Yeah. It definitely has no value on the podcast. You know what I mean? Like you just got to cut that out. So, um, so keep that in mind, you know, think about, does this comment have value um, on the podcast? Keep it in. Um, if it doesn't take it out. I also mentioned where the comment is coming from. So like the Amanda example, I might say, oh, Amanda is chiming in on LinkedIn, blah, 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 you know, so people know. So I'm kind of promoting my live streams at the same time. I don't know that people go back and forth. I don't think the LinkedIn audience goes to my podcast. I don't think the podcast audience goes to LinkedIn. You know, I don't think it works like that. But for anybody that wants to, you know, every once in a while, I do mention it. You've mentioned Amazon live streaming several times, and I'm, I'm actually not familiar at all with that. Can you give us a little bit of a background and, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly? So basically, you have to apply to be an Amazon influencer, and then you can live stream, and there's different levels. Based on your level, they allow you to stream to different places, all the way up to the Amazon.com homepage, uh, which is kind of cool if you think about it. It's like the, I don't know, seventh most visited website in the United States, right? Some, it's in the top 10 for sure. Um, and you can, you, you really should be talking about products. Uh, but sometimes if I live stream my podcast, you know, I might have a different angle, not just this really close up of me, but I might show my studio so you can see all the different equipment I have. And then people can buy my chair, even though I'm standing right now, but or my Veridesk, or my monitor, or my camera, or my microphone. So it's kind of like, it's almost like product placement if you follow that model, right? Other people, right. they just talk about products. You know, I just got um, a Wi-Fi extender, and I love it. I, I, it's awesome. I didn't think I had a Wi-Fi problem, quite frankly, down here, but it's awesome. So I might do a whole show, talk about um, how to set up the Wi-Fi extender, why I got it, how it works, where do you put it, you know, and it's kind of like an infomercial. Yeah. Okay. So it works best if I'm trying to sell physical products. If I'm a vendor of courses or co coaching services or something, it wouldn't be probably the best fit for me. Probably not. And, and but the products need to be on Amazon, right? So a lot of times, yes. um, I also use it as uh, another channel just to reach more people. So for example, I had Julian Hayes on the Business Storytelling Podcast who doesn't sell anything on Amazon, but he does have a podcast. So I can highlight his podcast. I'm not gonna make any money on people clicking on his podcast, right? Because you can listen for free, but it's another channel for me to reach more people and I can promote his podcast. I can have a link to my podcast, can have a link to my books. So there's other ways to think about using it as well um, versus like truly just the, the sales perspective, but, right. but the sales perspective certainly has, uh, there's value in that as well. So LinkedIn is interesting because if you're posting video up on LinkedIn, you can only post 10 minutes of video up, but you're saying you can 
do an hour long <clears throat> live stream and LinkedIn will accept it. I don't, first of all, LinkedIn tells you that you shouldn't go live for less than 15 minutes. Maybe it's 20. Interesting. And, and then, yeah, I don't know what the time limit is. I should actually test that one day and just live stream myself working, you know, and I'm like, AMA, ask me any questions. Um, so I should try that. I, I don't know. The longest I've ever gone live probably was four hours. And that was on Amazon. Um, so I don't know what the upper limit is, but I've never had a stream shut down on, on LinkedIn. They've never said, oh, you reached the limit. I don't know if that there is one. Others do have one, you know, Instagram, I think it's like an hour maybe. Thank you so much, Christoph, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, live streaming provides an easy way to stand out and reach more people. Number two, live streaming can provide education or entertainment for viewers. Number three, live streams often attract more viewers than a recorded episode because of the algorithms on popular platforms that preference live streaming content. Number four, we shouldn't pressure ourselves to be perfect. We can just do our best and improve as we go. Number five, the only way to test a live stream is to do a live stream. The test or our first few streams might not be perfect, but that's okay. Number six, guests can be a great way to make a live stream more natural. Inviting guests can also be a great way to network and reach more people. Number seven, we should treat live streams as a conversation to help the show feel more real and authentic. Number eight, we can engage our audience by greeting viewers and responding to comments and questions. Number nine, repurposing content is a great way to optimize our time and still share knowledge with users from different platforms. To learn more about or connect with Christoph, you can find him on LinkedIn or visit his website at AuthenticStorytelling.net. And there's links to both of those sites in the blog post for this episode at MonetizationNation.com. You can also get my free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at PassionMarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and on your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in your live streaming. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.